Welcome to Catch These Vibes. My name is Charmonique. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love that you are listening right now and I really do appreciate it. Yeah, so you are tuned into my 90s series and we are getting into some of the most iconic, most classic, some of your favorite and obviously some of my favorite 90s movies. So for this episode, we are getting into the movie Face Off. So this one was, I can't recall if someone recommended this. I think this is already on my list of ones to possibly do and as I say, every episode, we're getting down to the wire. We only got a few more months in the year. And we doing this series until the end of December. And then that will be it. So it's, it's crucial now. Like, we have to pick the best movies. Like, we have to pick the right ones. So to help me decide, I did a poll. And to my surprise, Face Off won the poll. So I did Pulp Fiction or Face Off. Both movies star John Travolta. And I know that people like Pulp Fiction. For me personally, I don't think that I've ever actually watched it. I've probably seen some of it in passing growing up, but actually sitting down and watching the movie, because I can't even really tell you exactly what happens with my, you know, adult mind, because I honestly don't feel like I've watched it as a grown up. So that's why I was like, hmm, let me see what people people think about this. And because I honestly, I wanted to do Face Off, but then it's like I want to do Pulp Fiction because I know that's one that people like. It's like a fan favorite, I feel like. When people talk about Quentin Tarantino movies, he, that's one of the movies that I think people bring up a lot. Personally, my favorite is Django. So, but I know that this is a, a classic 90s movie for a lot of people. But everyone chose Face Off. I mean, more people chose Face Off. But this, that actually came into a surprise for me, honestly. Like, I thought people were going to be like, no-brainer, um, Pulp Fiction. But nope, it didn't go that way. So I was low-key happy about that, though. Because I honestly really wanted to do Face Off. Because this is, this is one that I actually watched. And so it was very fun watching it as an adult. I was so drawn in, tuned into this movie for the whole two hours and 18 minutes. Like, this is a really good movie. Like, it's action from the beginning of the movie until the end. Like, it's just on go. Like, really, really good movie. So, Face Off came out in 1997. The release date was June 27th. 1997 so it was a summer movie it did pretty good at the box office it's the budget was estimated 80 million the opening weekend it did 23 million almost 24 in the U.S. and ended up grossing worldwide 245 million so it did a really great job um, at the box office I mean when you think about it it's these two two big actors starring in it John Travolta and and Nicolas Cage so I really wanted to do a movie with these two men in it I don't think I've done one with them in it yet and so yeah I, I really wanted to do this movie so it worked out the way it was supposed to because I honestly had a good experience watching it like I was so into it like it's a really good movie like if you ain't seen this yet you need to watch it because you slipping you're really slacking so this movie is about a, a fbi agent who is played by john travolta so john travolta he's sean archer and nicholas cage is caster troy who's like this really big terrorist who kills his son so he was trying to kill Sean but the bullet went through his chest and into his son so he killed his son and so not only was he like this really big 
terrorists that you know that the FBI wanted to take down now he he has a personal reason to want to take this terrorist down because he killed his son he's the reason why his son is no longer alive so the story is pretty interesting like what happens in the movie is is actually really interesting to think about it's kind of weird like what what they end up doing it is just like wow so before we get into all that let's talk about the director the director is john woo so shout out to him for creating this or directing this movie uh the writer actually is mike webb and michael colary oh hold on mike verb w-e-r-b so he's one of the writers who also wrote the screenplay for the mask the, he wrote the story for Tomb Raider, Laura Croft with um, Angelina Jolie, and a movie called, or actually it looks like a a series maybe, called Salvation, series called Extent, Firehouse Dog, and those are some of the ones that I recognize, and then let's go to the other writer, Michael Kuleri, he also co-wrote the Tomb Raider movie. So it looks like they've worked a lot together um, on their different shows and movies that they have done. Um, They did a TV show called Professionals. Oh, it has Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, Tom Welling. Cool. That so that the TV series that started in 2020, but yeah, so shout out to them for writing this very cool action movie, and then John Woo directed it. So John Woo, he, it looks like he has a lot. He's done a lot of different foreign movies, Reign of Assassins, Red Cliff Two, and one the first one and the second one, Stranglehold. The Higher, Paycheck, Hostage, Wind Talkers, Mission Impossible 2, Blackjack, Broken Arrow. That's another good one. Um, Hard Target with Van Damme. So shout out to John Woo and everything that he has done and all the different dope movies he's brought to fruition. So. Yeah, I want to go ahead and play the trailer and then we'll get into the storyline. What if you were trapped behind a killer's face? Don't just break your heart. And what if he had taken yours? I've torched all the evidence that proves you're you. What a predicament. From the director of Broken Arrow. John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, face off. Plan B, let's just kill each other. Rated R, now on video cassette. So that obviously was not the initial trailer. I guess that that was just a trailer because that was pretty short. It was only thirty-one seconds. So that was the trailer for when it's a uh, was vid um a video blah 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 available on vhs all right so let's go ahead and get into this movie so like i said caster Choi, played by nicholas cage he is a terrorist so let's go ahead and just talk about the cast very quickly so john travolta he's sean archer nicholas cage is caster Choi. we have eve archer played by joan allen Pollux Troy, who is Caster Troy's brother, played by Alessandro Novola. Sasha Hassler, played by Gina Jershon. We have Dominique Swain, who is Jamie Archer. We got Nick Casavetes, who's Dietrich Hassler, who is Sasha's brother. He's I like his his get up in this movie. It's a very smooth I, I like the way he he looks i love love the costume design in this movie um that definitely is a standout point for me how everyone is dressed specifically 
uh, the bad guys. They were dressed to impress, real smooth with it. And then Dr. Malcolm Walsh is played by Comb Fiore. John Carroll Lynch is he plays the prison guard. Every time I see him, I think of Zodiac. Like I I can't think of any other role other than that. Even we got Hollis Miller played by CCH Pounder. That's her name, CCH. Carol Christine Hilaria, CCH. All right. Then Tito Biondi, he's played by Robert Wisdom. Margaret Cho, she Cho, she plays Wanda. Uh, we have Buzz played by James Denton. Matt Ross plays Loomis. Even Thomas Jane. Ooh, Thomas Jane from Deep Blue Sea. He plays Burke Hicks. It's one of the guys that are, was in the prison. And then my dude, Tommy Flanagan, is in this movie looking good. He plays Leo. He doesn't really talk. I don't think he has any lines, but he's like one of Caster Troy's um, guys that, you know, does his helps him do his dirty work or whatever. So shout out to Tommy Flanagan. I really like him. Like he's in All About the Benjamins. But the role that made me like really like him is his role at, as Chibs in Sons of Anarchy. So shout out to him. I, I really like him. But yeah, so that is the majority of the cast for this movie, Face Off. So the movie starts off with Sean Archer on the carousel with his son. So Caster Troy is dipped down in a cut with his his gun, his rifle or shotgun. With no, it ain't a shotgun. It's probably a rifle or a sniper. And so he underestimates the way that the bullets would shoot. I guess he didn't expect it to go through. Sean and then into his son because he does say in uh, in the movie that he didn't you know that wasn't what he was intending to do he wasn't intending on killing his son he just wanted to kill him so he wanted to leave the little boy fatherless not leave him sonless you know so unfortunately the the boy passes away he was very young too I think he was only like five six years old so after that scene, the movie goes to Caster Troy dressed up in this priest outfit, setting the a bomb up at a convention center. At first, I thought it was a church. And the reason why I thought it was a church is because there's a choir singing and then he's dressed as a priest. So it's just like I just assumed it was a church, but it's actually a convention center. So. I don't know, maybe they were having some type of church concert or event there. I don't know. So once he does that, he prances off to his jet. And the FBI get word of his location. And they get there right when he's about to start taking off on the, with the plane. So they had an FBI agent on the plane that was supposed to be like the flight attendant. And she was like, you know, undercover. But she ended up getting shot and thrown off the plane. And he, Sean Archer, he was so determined. He was like, I'm not trying to let him get away. So he took a helicopter and was able to prevent the plane from taking off. And then the plane crashed. And so they just have this whole shootout scene where you, Sean Archer is trying to get Caster Troy and they're just like shooting it up, bang, bang, bang. So eventually, Sean is a little bit smoother and a little bit, you know, tactical than Caster Troy. And he's able to apprehend him and he ends up being in a coma. So he 
Sean Archer didn't know that he was in a coma, though. He thought that he was dead. So he goes, Sean Archer goes home to his wife and he gives her the good news that he caught Caster Troy. And now that that is done, he can, you know, focus on his family and he won't take, accept any more assignments because he was very, very determined to catch Sean Archer. I mean, to catch Caster Troy because he killed his son, you know? So he was just like putting that before everything. And jeopardizing his his relationship, his marriage, his family, and so now he's like assuring that, reassuring his wife that now they could work on what they need to work on because this is over and done with, and you know they celebrated a little bit. So he goes to work and is you know just prepared to put everything behind him, but they find out that they're is a bomb somewhere so there was some type of program called Sinclair and it was another part of Caster Choice plan that they weren't aware of so like I said in the beginning of the movie we see him setting up this bomb and so they you know the FBI they're thinking they're good to go. Everything's done. They don't have to deal with him anymore, no more. And then they find out, wait, this was with his stuff. This program with called Sinclair is, you know, saying that there's a bomb somewhere. So their job isn't done. And the FBI, they weren't really trying to listen to Sean Archer. So he's just like, you know what? Y'all do what y'all got to do. I'm about to go home to my family. But before he could do that, that's when CCH appears um, in the movie. Let me see. What is her name again? She's with the special ops. So Hollis Miller. So she shows up and is just like, not so fast. We got something for you. We got something that we need you to do. So they take him to their their special ops facility, and that's when he finds out that they have been keeping Caster Troy alive. They have him plugged up to the machine these machines, I guess, in like this drug induced coma. And the reason is because they know that there's a bomb out there, and they they still have Caster Troy's brother, who is the only person that knows about this bomb. And so they come up with this idea. It's a crazy idea. But I mean, I guess they were they were obviously very desperate because the bomb, the bomb was just so big and so massive that they would have to evacuate the city. And then I mean that's that's dire circumstances to be under because you don't know how wide the um bomb will affect the area like you know the radius of it and you know when it's going to go off they didn't really have any of that information so desperate times call for desperate measures so they tell sean that they want to do a physical augmentation on his face so they would do a procedure where they would take off caster choice face and put it on his face. And he'll, he'll still have his body, his, his own blood type and everything. He just would have his face on his. And at first he was just like, this is fucking crazy. No way I'm doing this. Like, no. But eventually he agrees to it and he gives in because... He's just, you know, very, very dedicated to his his work. And obviously it's like, I have a family here. I can't just, you know, live peacefully knowing that there's a bomb out there somewhere. So he agrees to it and decides that he's going to go ahead and go on this final assignment and be Caster Troy. So... He goes and has the the surgery. So they cut Caster Choice's face off and then 
cut Sean Archer's face off and puts it into this container with water and then puts Caster Joy's face onto Sean Archer's face. And to make him sound like Sean Archer, they put a microchip on his larynx. And, you know, everything was just so risky because once they put the microchip on his larynx, they were like, you know, make sure you don't have no type of, um, don't get hit in the, in your throat. And if so, it could, you know, slip out. It was just so risky. Like everything about the situation was just risky. And I have no idea how he even, it just like seems so like anxiety inducing. And you kind of see that throughout the movie. Like he's like really like tripping and freaking out. So the plan was for them to put the face on him. And then he was to go to prison as Caster Troy. So that's another thing. He got to spend some time in prison, you know, and deal with whatever Caster Troy has to deal with being, you know, this infamous crazy terrorist and, you know, all the enemies he may possibly have, the guards, you know, treating him a certain way because they don't like him, different things like that. It's just like so many different risks that Sean was taking as, you know, accepting this assignment like like really going undercover like this is undercover on a whole nother type of level so he goes to prison and it's this prison that's like in the middle of the ocean like out in the middle of nowhere and what they do at the prison is they put these these metal boots on everyone and it's just a way for them to track everybody and so once he gets there he walks in and he sees his brother so his brother has been in the prison and he has to get to the brother so that he can get information on the bomb. So, but before he can even really reach his brother and sit down, somebody ends up hitting him from behind. And so he immediately gets into a fight and he doesn't want to fight because, you know, he's not Caster Troy. He's not, he's not this crazy guy. He's himself. But he's looking around and then looking at his brother and he's like, man, I have to convince him that I'm really Caster Troy and, you know, I have to act like him and do his mannerisms and everything. And so he was like really struggling with being becoming Caster Troy and, you know, not being himself. So he immediately got into a fight and he had to like really take it seriously like really commit to the fight or else you know people are going to be like looking at him weird especially his brother so he had to really make it convincing so while that's happening though for whatever reason I guess they didn't expect this to happen like they clearly didn't expect for this to happen but the real caster Troy ends up waking up he ends up waking up without a face on. So he wakes up out of this coma that he was supposed to be in that they weren't expecting him to wake up from. And so now he's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, well, why is my face off? They stole my face. He immediately starts making calls. He has his his goons go and get the doctor. And while he's waiting, he's he watches the video of the surgery and sees what they did. So he has the doctor put Sean Archer's face on him. And then he kills the doctor. He actually ends up killing everybody that knew about the, the situation because there was only a few people that knew that, that Sean Archer was going to be doing this assignment. Everybody else is thinking that Caster Troy is dead. And so he killed the people that knew about it so that he can take on the identity as Sean Archer now. Because now he's like, wow, this is a, a great plan. Like now I can be Sean Archer and be this FBI agent and do all these different things to help myself, you know, help my criminal self and make my life a little bit easier and better, you know, by playing in this little FBI agent world for a little bit. 
So he takes on Archer's identity and he surprises um, the real Archer in prison. So here he has Sean Archer's face on. And so he wasn't expecting to see him at all. He's just like, why this nigga coming in here? You supposed to be in a coma. Like what? How you coming in here with my face? And now, now he's really freaking out because he's like, oh my goodness, he killed everybody. He, he, he killed everybody that knew. Now, before, before he could get, before he could get to his brother, because Caster Troy as Sean Archer, he cut a deal so that he could get his brother out of the prison. But before that happened, Caster Troy was, well, Sean Archer as Caster Troy was able to talk to the brother and be convincing enough to get the location of the bomb. And so he told him that the the bomb was at the LA Convention Center. So he was able to get that piece of information before, luckily, before um, Caster Troy got his brother out of the prison. So he goes into the prison and he's just like, yeah, what a predicament. I killed the doctor and I killed everybody else who knew that you were pretending to be me. And now you're going to have to be here in prison for the rest of your life. And he's just, you know teasing him and like yeah I'm about to go home to your wife and you know so obviously Sean is like he's thinking about that and it's driving him crazy like he had to come up with something to get out of that prison now it's like like I said this this movie is just really like action 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 like a lot of crazy action scenes so and that's a good thing about the movie. It like really keeps you on the edge of your seat and it keeps you entertained. And it's like, there's nothing like boring about the movie. It goes at a really good pace, especially for people who never seen it and who are watching it for the first time. Like the pace of the movie, it goes really well. And you don't, you don't want to like rush through anything at all. Like, so when I was watching it, I was just like, wow, like, because I was learning things for the first time because initially I didn't understand why they switched faces, to be honest. I didn't really understand that concept of why they were doing it because I don't think I really got it because I watched this at a younger age. So now it makes sense. I mean, it's crazy regardless of the reason, but it makes sense why that why he actually did it. The fact that, it, you know, it was a reverse, a reversible procedure and, you know, he was just supposed to go in the prison and get the information. And then when he got the information, you know, they were going to get him out. But because because Caster Troy woke up and he wasn't supposed to and he took on his identity and killed everybody that knew about it. It was like, OK, I'm not going to just be able to get out of here. I have to escape now. And so Sean, he finds out the only way that he can escape is by getting those magnetic boots off. And the only time that they take those boots off is when they are giving the shock therapy. So when you start a fight or get in trouble with the guards, they put the person, the prisoner in a shock chair. And while they do that, they take off the boots and strap them up and everything. So he had to like, do something to get in trouble, start a fight, and that way he can go to the shock chair. And then with the help of another prisoner, he was able to escape and they had, you know, like a gunfight. And so he was able to get out of the prison. And like I said, it was in the middle of the ocean. So he ended up having to jump into the water and that was how he was able to escape. Luckily, because you know, if he, he if he didn't know the things that he knew as an FBI agent, then I don't know how he would have. It would have been very interesting to see how else they would have 
you know, plan for him to be able to escape. Because that type of prison was, like, really different. And it was, like, kind of, I want to say, like, high tech. Like, they had trackers on them. They had, first of all, they had these these crazy boots, heavy metal boots that tracked them. And there was just, like, no way for a person to get those off. So the only way was him going to the shock chair. And luckily, that plan worked because if not, he would have got shocked and been out cold. So he escapes. And Cassius Troy, he's, you know, just living it up, having a good old time as Sean. He goes home to his wife. And immediately, he's just acting weird, like, I know his wife was just like, what is up with you? Like, why are you acting like that? He even reads her her diary and sees that they haven't had sex in a while. So he's like, oh, how pathetic. Like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, get some dick in her life and, you know, show her how Caster Troy does it. And so he does this really special, um, special candlelight dinner for her. And I think they end up having sex. Um, but before he does that, one of the things that he does to make himself look like a hero, because he's really, since he's actually cast a Choi, he knows how to disarm the bomb. So now that F- the FBI agents know where the bomb is at, since his brother had told Sean when he was in prison, he goes and acts like he's the hero and saves the day and he disarms the bomb and so everyone's like oh yeah how did you do it and treating him like he's just a a big hero the president is calling him and you know he's just getting all this this good press and so that's when he goes home and celebrates with the wife and does this romantic candlelight dinner with her and you know tries to just make her feel good but it didn't it worked but then it didn't because she was just like oh so you doing this because you're trying to butter me up because you're not going to stop you know stop working because you had already you already had told me that once Sean once Caster Troy was captured that you were going to stop and you were going to spend time with the family and you're going to work on us but now oh you back in the game so there was I'm pretty sure she was already having suspicions about him and his actions because he just was acting real brand new. He was acting different. He was just, you know, you could tell it was just a whole totally different personality. So Sean, he ends up escaping. He's able to get to a car with a phone and he calls he calls Caster Troy to let him know he escaped. And he's like, oh, so since you want to be me, I guess I got to be Caster Troy then. All right, bet. So he goes to Caster Troy's people's house where, you know, they kick his spot, which is, what's his name? Dietrich, played by Nick Casavetes, and Sasha, who is his baby mama. So he goes to their house. And this is when he's like, he tells them his plan that he wants to get Sean Archer and take his face off. And this isn't clicking to them because they have no idea what's going on. They just think he on drugs and he just, you know, talking weird. But he literally, he, he's like, I want to take his face off. Because first of all, it's not even his face. It's my face. I got to take his face off so I can get my face back. Like, that's why I need to catch him. Not even knowing that he's really Sean, but they think he's Castro Troy. Yeah, you get it. So yeah, he's he's tripping out, he's bugging out because he's he's been in Castro Troy's or have having Castro Troy's face on him is like really getting to him because he's having to fight who he really is and who he has to pretend to be. And so he's there. He ends up running into Sasha. She knocks him out. He wakes up. And then that's when he finds out that 
him and Sasha have a baby together. And so he kind of like connected to that and was touched by it because his son, his son died. And so him being the good man that he is, he just kind of like felt for um, the little boy because Caster Troy, he wasn't being a father figure to him. And so, um, but at this point, Sasha, she don't even know that what's going on. I don't think she ever finds out that he's not really Caster Troy. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit to, so he ends up getting injured. Sean Archer, he gets injured because the FBI end up showing up to the house and they have this big shootout and um, Caster Troy's brother ends up getting shot. And so obviously that, that hurt him. He was very hurt by that. And he ends up going to, so Sean ends up going to his house to see his wife, but he had to do some convincing because he don't look like himself. So she obviously was freaking out when he when he came by. And so what he told her was, check the blood types. Here, here's some of my blood. You know my blood. And Caster Troy's blood type is this. So just test his blood. And that way you'll be able to know that I'm telling the truth. And so he tells her a little bit more that sean archer would know but she's still freaking out by it because it's just a really freaky situation your husband has a totally different face and happens to be the face of the man that killed your son like so she's freaking out but because he was a little convincing she and the simple fact that her husband wasn't being like himself he was just being weird and acting different all those things combined made it a little bit convincing so what she did was when they were asleep, she took some of the fake Sean's blood and then went to the hospital to test it. So when she tested it, she saw that it was AB blood and she knows that her, her husband, Sean Archer, has, I believe it's O blood, O negative or something like that. And so she was just like, oh my goodness, he was telling the truth. And so Sean ends up being there and is just like, you know, thank you for trusting me. And then he tells her a story about something that only Sean would know. And then that's how she was able to, you know, be completely convinced that it was him. And so she helped him out with his wound. And uh, Caster Choi, he ended up showing up to the hospital because he's thinking something's going on. She just, you know, disappeared in the middle of the night. And she had to, like, you know, tell him, well, I'm a doctor, so I had to come work. And so Sean had to leave, like, very quickly, or otherwise Caster Troy was going to find him out. And so that, I, I think it was the same day um, Caster Troy, as Sean, he ended up killing his boss. And because the he the boss was already like having like issues with his heart, so he was able to make it convincing that he had a heart attack because he probably actually did by the way that he hit him in the chest, I think. And so because of that, he was going to move up and take his spot. So he was just getting all this power so that he can take out all his rivals and make his life as Caster Troy easier like his criminal all his criminal plans that he had he was going to be able to just move easier through um throughout those plans because he had this position of power as Sean Archer so because the that dude died he had a funeral the next day so Eve was able to tell Sean about the funeral and that they're all going to be there. And that will be the opportunity for him to try to capture um, Caster Troy. And that way he can, you know, finally get his face back. 
So they all meet at the funeral and, you know, have a, a shootout. They have a whole shootout and Sean and Castor, they end up on these boats and chasing each other. They have, they start fighting, they crash the boat and Sean ends up stabbing him with this like, I forgot, I don't know what kind of gun it is, but it's like a, I want to say, I don't know if it's like a Fisher's gun or something, but it like shoots out this really sharp, like large needle type of thing. And so he dies and Eve had made a call to some of the agents to explain what was going on because again nobody else knew that archer had switched faces with caster troy so she gave them a heads up and they pulled up and they was like you know we got the best surgeons available so that they can make the switch and you know make sure you get your face back and so he goes and does the surgery so he can get his face back and he goes home to his family. They all hug it out. And what he ended up doing, because once when they had that shootout at the funeral home, his baby, Castor's baby mama got shot. And she was like, take care of our boy for us. Make sure that he doesn't turn out like us or whatever. So Sean Archer brings the little boy home with them. And, you know, they adopt him. So now it's like, you know, they have, their son again only you know because at one point it was like he was his son because he was pretending to be caster he took on his identity so it was like it was his son but it wasn't and so now he's gonna actually be his son so it's a it's a happy ending for the archer family i really you know summed that up as as quickly as I could because again this is a two-hour movie and I didn't go through every single detail but that's just you know just a summary of the movie I think it's a really good movie like like I said the action is there the storyline is there like everything makes sense yeah it's wild it's crazy to even think about someone switching faces with someone else um but I don't know. I don't think it's far-fetched. I feel like with all the technology and everything, it's probably possible for them to do that. Like, I don't, I wouldn't put it past any of these, these special ops and FBI agencies. Like, I wouldn't put it past them at all. So it is crazy to think that if they would actually do something like this, it's just like taking on, a, you know, someone else's face. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, so that's face off. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of these actors' filmography and then get into some did you know facts. All right, let's talk about John Joseph Travolta, who was born in Inglewood, New Jersey. All right, so John Travolta, let's first, you know what, let's just talk about I usually like starting in the 90s, but I, why not just start from the very beginning? So he was in a TV series called Emergency for one episode. He was in another TV series called The Rookies for one episode, a TV movie called Nightmare, The Devil's Reign in 1975. He was Billy Nolan and Carrie. The 1976 version. Have I seen this one? I feel like I have. Hmm. And then Saturday Night Fever in 1977. And then Grease. 1978. He's so handsome. Urban Cowboy in 1980. Staying Alive 1983. Two of a Kind in 83. Perfect in 85. He was in a Stevie Wonder video called Skeletons in 87. Look Who's Talking, 89. Chains of Gold, 1990. Look Who's Talking 2 in 90. 
Eyes of an Angel in 91. Look Who's Talking Now in 93. Pulp Fiction 94. Get Shorty in 95. Broken Arrow 96. Phenomenon in 96. That's a really good movie. Oh, and it has Kira Sedgwick. I love her. Like, her face is just, I just love her face. And then Michael in 96. I can, I'm beginning these movies, those movies confused. So Michael is the one when he has, he's an angel. Report of an archangel living with the old woman. That's a good movie too. She's So Lovely, 97, then Face Off, 97, Mad City, 97, 98. He was in Primary Colors, Welcome to Hollywood, 98, The Thin Red Line, 98, The Civil Action, 98. Oh, my goodness. This man was busy. The General's Daughter, in 99, Battlefield Earth, 2000, Lucky Numbers, 2000, Swordfish, 2001, Domestic Disturbance, 2001. Basic, 2003. The Punisher, 2004. Ladder, 49, 2004. Be Cool, 2005. Lonely Hearts, 20, 2006, 2007. Wild Hogs, Hairspray, 2007. So many movies. He has, it says, 651 titles. Oh, that's out of everything. So he has 91 titles as an actor. So shout out to John Travolta, crazy resume he guys has there. And then Nicolas Cage. I've talked about Nicolas Cage before, but I don't, why, do, why was I talking about him? Because I don't think I've done a movie that he starred in before. I don't know. Because I know that I told y'all before that I, my favorite movie of his is Family Man. So... But yeah, let's go through his filmography as well. We're going to start from the beginning. Let's see. So he has 419 total titles and then 112 titles as an actor. So he was in a TV movie in 1981, Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 82, Valley Girl in 83, Cotton Club 84, the Boy in Blue, 86. Raising Arizona, 87. Moonstruck, 87. Vampire's Kiss, 88. Time to Kill, 89. Wild at Heart, 90. Uh, Zandali, 91. Honeymoon in Vegas, 92. Amos and Andrew, 93. Red Rock West, 93. Deadfall, 93. Garden Tees, 94. It Could Happen to You, 94. Kiss of Death, 95. Leaving Las Vegas, 95. The Rock, 96. Con Air, 97. Love that movie. Face Off, 97. City of Angels, 98. Snake Eyes, 98. Bringing Out the Dead, 99, Gone in 60 Seconds, 2000, and then my favorite, The Family Man, that came out in 2000, Wind Talkers, 2002, Matchstick Man, 2003, National Treasure, 2004, Lord of War, 2005, The Weatherman, 2005, the movie The Ant Bully, he voiced Zock in 2006. The Wicker Man, 2006. Ghost Rider, 2007. I really like Ghost Rider. I know people, I, I hear people say they don't like that movie, but I actually liked it. The movie Next, 2007. National Treasure, Book of Secrets, 2007. Knowing, 2009. Bad Lieutenant, 2009. Kick-Ass, 2010. My son used to love watching that movie. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, 2010. Season of the Witch, 2011. Drive Angry, 2011. Trespass, 2011. Ghost Rider, Spirit of Visions, 2011. So many movies. This, it don't make no sense. Damn near did a movie every single year. Let me see. When is the last, what's the last movie? The Retirement Plan, 2023. Hmm. 
was this the one? There was, I know there was one that was in the theaters that people was talking about. Was it the Renfield? I think it's the Renfield movie where he plays Dracula. I feel like this is a movie that people were talking about a lot. Um, it's on Peacock, actually. I'm going to check that out. Or No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, that's the one that people was talking about a lot, that they really enjoyed. So shout out to Nicolas Cage. And another standout for me was Alessandro Nivola. He plays Castor Troy's brother, Pollux Troy. And in the movie, he's like, he has these glasses and he's like kind of nerdy. But I don't know. I kind of like him. So he was also in American Hustle. Who who made Tony Soprano? The Boston Strangler. I watched that. That's on Hulu. That was a good series. So he's done a, a, a few different TV series and different movies. Um, Neon Demon, Selma. He was in Selma, The Most Violent Year, Devil's Knot, Ginger and Rosa. Um, so shout out to him. Now let's see if we have any interesting did you know facts on this imdb app so it says nicholas cage and john travolta spent two weeks together before filming to learn how to play each other they decided on specific gestures and vocal cadences for each character that could be mimicked and i think they did a really great job playing each other they definitely took on each other's character once the switch was made so they did a great job doing that so John Travolta asked the writers if if they were making fun of him with the ridiculous chin line. They explained that Castor was such a narcissist that he would hate having anyone else's chin. So yeah, um, like what, throughout the movie, some the thing that Castor Troy would say as he had Sean Archer's face on was just that he wasn't as good looking as him as his actual face and he was just like he said something like I had this you know had this ridiculous chin you know just giving this woe is me speech because he doesn't have his actual face anymore so originally Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone were in mind to play the lead roles when John Woo was brought in to direct he decided that John Travolta and Nicolas Cage would be more suited to the roles other pairs that the studio wanted was Michael Douglas and Harrison Ford, Bruce Willis, and Alec Baldwin, and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Another, I think, I think Robert De Niro and Al Pacino would have been cool. They have a, a a lot of different movies together, actually. So them in movies together is is a win to me. So I think that they they definitely could have added a different different vibe to the movie. But I I think John Travolta. And Nicholas Cage both did a good job. So the, the co-screenwriter, Mike Werb, got the idea for the face surgery from a friend who had a hang gliding accident. They had to remove most of the skin from his face, reconstruct the bone matter, and put his face back on. So yeah, that really is a type of surgery that they actually do. Um, plastic surgeons and different surgeons, they... Um, well, this is just based off of me watching Grey's Anatomy. Like I've seen them like do different things to like grow skin, use different parts from the body, different skin from the body to like, you know, grow extra skin and different things like that. So the crew shot on Nicolas Cage's birthday, John Woo let Cage get emotionally charged up for a scene, then surprised him with a birthday cake. Afterwards, Cage asked Woo not to do that again. So unlike John Woo's previous U.S. movies, Hard Target and Broken Arrow, and his later one, Mission Impossible 2, this had little to no studio interference, and the only scene that the MPAA demanded to be cut was the opening assassination scene where Sean Archer's son is killed. So most of the stunts in the movie were done without the use of any digital effects. Nick Cassavetes surprised John Woo by shaving his head for the role. Woo said it was just the image he wanted. 
yeah, I he so he is bald. Like I said, I like the way he looked. Like I liked his image. He had like the the one hanging earring and and the bald head. So I think that he did a good job. Like everyone looked pretty pretty cool in this movie. So Nicholas Cage didn't want to see the grotesque face makeup, so John Wu hit all the reflective surfaces on set. Yeah, so I I'm pretty sure that's speaking to the scenes where they don't have any uh, face on, actually. So when he wakes up and he doesn't have his face, there's a different different scenes like that when they're um, and when they're actually cutting the face off. It's pretty grotesque. So it turns out Nicolas Cage doesn't like heights. He said that shooting one action scene was one of the most frightening days of his of his life and I'm assuming he's talking about the scene where he escapes from the prison and the prison is pretty high up and he ends up having to jump from the the top to into the ocean um so it did look pretty high and I can't imagine jumping that far up like that's scary to me Jumping into the ocean from a really, 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 really tall building. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but it's just like when your life depends on it and you, you got to do different things, got to do what you got to do. So the two main characters' blood types reflect their antagonistic nature. So Sean Archer's blood was blood type is O negative, the universal donor, reflecting Archer's role as the police officer dedicated to serving the community. Caster Choice is AB positive, the universal recipient, someone who takes from society without giving anything back. So the magnetic boots the prisoners wear in Irwan prison are the same boots worn in the, oh, by the Koompas in Super Mario Brothers. Oh, okay. I can see the resemblance. They are pretty much shaped the same. So it does say that some of the prisoners were actual ex-convicts recruited by John Woo because he wanted the real people. So the original script was mostly set in the prison. The writers called it Birdman of Alcatraz in the future. In it, some prisoners hung upside down from the ceiling by their boots with IVs collecting bloody or bodily fluids. The main character is named Sean Archer, Sagittarius the Archer. One of the constellations of the Zodiac is diametrically opposite halfway around the year from the constellation Gemini. Castor and Pollux are the two major stars in the constellation Gemini. So they actually wanted Archer and Sasha, who was his baby mama. They, I guess they wanted a scene where they slept together. But the writers and John Woo argued against it. So I'm assuming that it would have been them sleeping together as with Sean being Castor Troy at that at that time. So I I like the fact that they didn't do that because you can tell in the movie you got the vibe that he didn't really want to because he is a married man technically. Just because he has a different face on doesn't mean he's not married. And so I, I like the fact that he was like, you know, very committed to his wife and faithful. And he didn't feel right doing that, even though as Caster Choi, he could have, you know, been free and just did that because he had the opportunity to. So I like that they didn't do that because it wasn't really necessary. So. This movie was released in June 20, uh, 1997, which was the same month as Nicolas Cage's other action hit, Con Air, which came out a few weeks earlier. So the films were shot consecutively from the summer of 1996 to spring 97, with the two productions nearly overlapping at one point. So yeah, I bet he was very, very busy doing that. So Pollock's choice voice and speech mannerisms performed by Alessandro Nivola weren't part of the script. Nivola was inspired by Charles Crump, the brother of artist Robert Crump, who appeared in a documentary Crump, 
1994 and film novola was watching at the time of filming yeah i think like i like that he did i like um his character like i said he was a little nerdy but i don't know there was something very like cute and intriguing about him oh wow it says mark Wahlberg turned down his role mark Wahlberg. He wouldn't have, I don't, I don't think he would have been. Mark Wahlberg to me is more of a leading man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I can't picture him playing somebody like the brother. Um, that was too small of a role for him. And then his stature is a little bit just, I don't know. It's different. I, I like, that's good that he turned it down. Cause it, it wasn't, that wouldn't have worked for me. I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have did it well and, you know, cause I, I like Mark Wahlberg, but yeah, I'm glad that he decided not to do it. So I guess Nicholas Cage considers, according to this, he considers Face Off as one of the best movies he's made. He was really good in this movie. Like he was really good. Like having, I, I, I just love movies where the, the character has to be multiple characters and all, all them, you know, pretty much all at once like at one minute he's being the real caster Choi, and then the next he's being sean archer so same thing with john travolta he was himself and then he had to turn into somebody else like i really um i really admire that type of acting i think it's really good you know when they're able to be very convincing as each character and um, I just like it. I like it a lot. So let's see if there's any other ones to go over. Lifelike dummies of John Travolta and Nicolas Cage were used for the face transplant. Oh, obviously. It looks, you can tell. You can really tell. So they were, they were used for this face transplant sequence when Sean Archer has his face removed and replaced with Castro Choi's face. Nicholas Cage stated in an interview he found the dummy of himself terrifying to look at. Yeah, they really are terrifying to look at. And you could tell that they're dummies. They didn't look real, like, at all. Like, they resembled them, but you could just tell that they weren't, it wasn't actually them in those scenes. So, uh, so over the course of a two-hour, 20-minute movie, the two main leads, Sean Archer and Caster Choi, only meet a total of four times. So the stuntmen were lifted up by wires for one shot. The actors' faces were digitally added in. Cool. So John Travolta and his stand-in did not get along with each other. The stand-in tried to sabotage the production to where it got quite legal and got fired midway through. One of the extras in the jail scene was trained by Nicolas Cage's stand-in to stand in for Travolta, who still works with him to this day. Hmm, interesting. So this is actually first of the two collaborations. So I already kind of went through this, but this is the first of the two collaborations with director John Woo and actor Nicolas Cage. Their second collaboration was Wind Talkers, which came out in 2002. So, like I said, this is a really, really good movie. I feel like it was directed well, written well. Everyone in the cast did well. I also want to give a shout out to the lady that plays Eve Archer. I really, I think she did a really great job. I actually want to take a look and see what else she's been in. Her name is Joan Allen. And she's just, she's very pretty in this movie. So let me see what else she's been in. Peggy Sue Got Married. The Room Upstairs. Mad Love. Wait, that's with Drew Barrymore. Oh, I forgot about that movie. I, I want to watch that. That's a good movie. I gotta, I gotta watch that. Uh, the Crucible, Pleasantville, The Contender, 
off the map, the notebook. Oh, she sure is. Her, I think her mom. Is it? Is she her mom? I don't remember who she is. She's somebody. The upside of anger, born ultimatum, death race. Born legacy, the killing, groom, the family. Okay. Well, I just wanted to highlight her as well. Shout out to her because I think she did a good job as Eve in this movie. And yeah, so that is all, folks. Next week, we'll, we're going to start spooky season early. So next week, we're going to get into the faculty. So I'm looking forward to doing that and talking about that because it's been a long time coming and now I could finally watch it and then re uh, record the episode for this movie. So I'm excited about that. But I hope you all enjoy this episode and hope everyone has a great rest of their week and be blessed. Vibe out.